0: Hello and welcome to Off The Beaten Track Podcast. How you all doing? It's another week. It's another episode. I'm your host. I'm Stu Whiffin. And joining me on today's podcast is Rob Alton. I'd um, been listening to Rob's podcast and uh, he's a good friend of uh, our um, network boss, Mr. Scroobius Pip, and uh, reached out to him and uh, and he was 100% up for it. We was hoping to record it face-to-face before lockdown, Um. But uh, in the meantime, we've uh, we've done it over Zoom. So thanks ever so much to um, my producer, seventy six, for um, making this conversation sound studio quality. Um, thanks to everybody over at the Distraction Pieces Network, and also if this is your first um, time listening to Off the Beaten Track podcast, um, please go and um, and you enjoy it. Please go and have a rummage around in the um, back catalogue um, because there's. Uh, an abundance of, of episodes um, with other uh, comedians, producers, musicians, actors, DJs. So go and um, have a look about. that. Um, and if that's still not enough, then I do have a Patreon page as well where I, I upload a unique episode uh, over there each week as well. Um, I think... I think that's it. I mean, the, the, the one place that you, you need to go to find out about all of this and merch and, and all of that malarkey is um, offthebeatentrackpodcast.com. Um, but let's get on with things. Um, please enjoy Off The Beat and Track Podcast with the wonderful Rob Alton. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? because they're our official sponsor yeah that's right go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale you're going to love it so they've decided they want to be our sponsor which is amazing and what i have to do is i have to tell you about why they're amazing so here's a little bit of blurb so they've only been going a year and they're based in south on sea just up the road from me they put the company together based on a do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code BEAT15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk Official sponsors of Off The Beaten Track podcast. Let's get back to that podcast. It's Off the Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me Stu Whipping. Oh well, uh, welcome um to Off the beaten Track Podcast. Um and sitting opposite me today is Rob Orton. Hello. Hello, Stu. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good, mate. Um we've just been discussing um before I've pressed record on on here. Um that the size of the glass that Rob's drinking his water from probably holds about three three
2: pints. You reckon or two? I think so. Yeah, yeah, two. Yeah. If people want to picture it, it's kind of got. It's made of glass and it's got the circular circles on the side of it. You kind of get them at um, the big German beer festivals and things yeah. like that. But I got it from Little, and uh, yeah. End of story. So. Aside from um, what
0: we touched on before we press record, which is um, you seeing how much water you can drink in a day, um, has yeah. has, <laughs> has lockdown been, mate?
2: It's it's been all right, actually. I mean, I mean, uh, whenever whenever people start talking about that, I feel like you've got to check yourself and make sure you say, "I'm in a lucky position," um, and. Um, it's been okay for me. I'm not cooped up in a small high-rise flat with, like, kids everywhere. Um, We don't have a garden, but we live close to Victoria Park, so we could go there. And, um, well, I mean, it was... It's difficult because I struggle when plans get changed anyway. Um, I don't know if that's because of... I'm undiagnosed, but I predict I'm on. I think everyone's on the spectrum to some extent. And um, when when things get moved around, I I, I struggle with it and I get a bit angry. And um, so like the the weekend after lockdown was introduced, I was meant to be going to Australia for the first time, doing a month at the comedy festival. And I've been psyching myself up for that for ages because I get quite nervous on planes and stuff and um and then uh, all that went and i was meant to be doing like my biggest tour I'm meant to do like 75 dates i'd done 16 and then the rest were postponed or whatever so i uh, th- think about that and then the thing with all the um, worldwide epidemic pandemic or epidemic what is it pandemic or epidemic uh bit of both in it we go with pandemic though but all that, and I just remember getting in the bath on the first day of uh, lockdown after that big first news press conference and just being like, oh, God, there were so many different things coming in all different directions. And then it kind of leveled out and I got all right. And, um, and um, yeah, I've been doing a lot of writing, which I love doing. And just trying to do that, and that puts me... I think it's uh, made everyone take a... It certainly made me realise that the only way that I can get through it is by testing myself and just get put, going to work, really. And then that make, that steadies me out. How about you?
0: I mean, just to clarify, drinking 15 pints of water is not work, Rob.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> I know. No. But, you know, I've probably I got a probably got a uh unrecorded joke out of it. <laughs> I've,
0: I've I've been um I've been okay, mate. Um I mean we we was chatting before lockdown about um uh meeting up in East London to record this face to face, which is um which is much you know obviously I prefer to sit in a room with someone and, and, and record these podcasts. But I think what I have learned, um not just for podcasting but in in general that you know I, I do work a lot um and i've realized now that through because i would never really used zoom or anything like this before i've definitely realized now that i could probably work a little bit smarter and not have to constantly be chasing around Tan and 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 you know just to have a, a 15 minute meeting with someone I, I, you know hopefully i can come out of that and be able to spend a bit more time at at home, i mean not initially I want to get out of home as soon as i can it's been too long i'm i i'm missing people massively i like i like being around people and uh and that's the only thing i've struggled with really i i, I run a i run a nightclub um uh in, in essex and uh, and i and i really miss people I just miss standing on the door of the club and chatting to to to, to people and and chatting music with people and 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 yeah and 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 just just that, that kind of human touch, you know, being able to see someone and be able to shake the hand, give them a hug and, and, and stuff like that. I miss that. But apart from that, I, I think I've just started to adjust a little bit, but you know, it, I don't know. I don't have any idea what the fucking our government's going on about. Um, but I do see that there is definitely a, you know, a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel here somewhere. And it seems that, you know, it seems to be going the right way. So I'm, I'm I'm hopeful that it's uh, it's going to be uh, back to an, a new normality um, quite soon. That's what I'm looking for. Yeah.
2: Uh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. You know, when all my stuff went out the window, I, thought, I kind of realised that it is people that it, my life, all our lives are built around. It's just people. Yeah. That's it. And then how, how much we need each other and. um that's all we've got. And I love Joe Strummer and the way that he talks about people and, um, th- the, they are everything and without them we're nothing. And it's just, um, to be even sometimes when, because I spend quite a lot of time in isolation anyway, doing the job that I do if you can call it a job traveling around doing gigs and being on trains a lot. And, um, just that sometimes, you know, you, I go for a go, for, have a day, and like maybe speak to four different people on the phone, and by the end of the fourth phone call, I'm like, ah, right, I, f- I feel connected now. Yeah, and um, uh, it's like it is that thing about connection, and that's one of the uh, most difficult and challenging things I find about standing up on stage is that um, when you when you're talking a lot, and that it, there's no connection there, it, you're like. Oh right, I'm I'm throwing these words out in a way that aren't being caught, and you're like, right, uh, I need to change, I need to do this, and it's like when you go to a party and you start talking to someone, and uh, then they like, all right, yeah, see you later, and then you're standing there and you're like, okay, not that I've been to a party like that for about ten years, but I remember them.
0: Yeah. Well, you mentioned Strummer, so uh, should we chat? Should we chat some tunes? Yeah. Have you have you got your songs in front of you do you know which ones you've uh, you've gone for? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wicked. Okay. Rob, track 1 please, the song with the greatest ever intro. Uh
2: well, I chose The Streets Turn The Page and I'm not saying is is one of the things that I learned when I was growing up is that it's you cause a lot less conflict if you say this is my favorite instead of oh that's the best. Yeah. You know, so when you said that's the best it well like choose the best one I was like ah okay well I'll just I'll just say my favorite one one of many but this is the one that it when it comes on it um never fails to ignite me you know I'm like oh yes I'm I'm looking it really makes me excited for what's to come and I think maybe that's a good sign of a decent intro and um I just remember, I think the thing is with this track that Turn the page track is that it was at the start of the album as well. And it was a So when this song came on and it was the first thing that I'd ever heard, this intro was the first thing I'd ever heard from Mike Skinner. Yeah. And then I didn't know what was to come and then what came after it on all of original pirate material. It was just my favorite album for ages and it's still one of my favorite albums. And, um, I just love it. I love the way that, as he says in the track here, the strings rising and it's really um, there's a lot of drama in it. And I love how the drum, like the beat, comes into it, and then and then I didn't know didn't know what the words were going to sound like, and then the words sound like that, and you're like, oh, oh wow, come yeah. on, let, let's see, let's see what this is. And uh, I've never heard anything like it before, really. And I remember it was in my mate's car. And uh, yeah, fantastic, love it.
0: And, and I think it's sometimes overlooked uh, how different the streets sounded from from anything else. Certainly, when it came out at that point, there was there was nothing that sounded like the streets. It was, uh, and it, and it was very strange that for something that is fundamentally, I, I guess, drenched in in, in in dance music to a degree. Um, it was completely embraced and grew in the in the indie scene, really, and and it, I, I just think it seemed to just you know transcend genres, and uh, and and yeah, and it just he, he was completely unlike any other frontman of a of a band, or if you want to call it a band, I guess it is now, but I guess at the time it you know w- w- I think it was just Mike Skinner and, and 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 the stuff that he was putting together, but yeah, I just think that they, they kind of get overlooked sometimes and uh for for just the amount of impact that they
2: had yeah definitely yeah I, I i think that um that album in particular and that track was just um i think a lot of albums on the first the first track on a lot of like when you start thinking about girls and boys on park life and uh i was listening it was either that the streets one or the shining by badly drawn boy on our bewildered beast. I love that. Just the strings on it. And then the guitar coming in or, um, into my arms on the boatman's call by Nick cave, all that stuff. It's like the start. It sets the tone for the, for the albums, you know, I think,
0: uh, I think into your arms, um, into into your into my arms, into my yeah. arms, yeah. Um, I think like I noticed I actually played it on Sunday on, on on a radio show, and the vocal comes in really quick on that. It normally there's sort of like the four bars, and it comes in, but I think that literally comes in really quickly, and that just that gentle piano, you, you, you know, really does introduce you to like right, you are going to get something that's going to tear your heart from your body in a minute, and 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 that track definitely. Does that and, and it is it's, it's, it's a real sort of sets the, the the tone for for the album as well, which is an absolute incredible piece of work.
2: Well, yeah, the I mean, both both absolute wordsmiths, aren't they? And I I feel like the I like the way Mike's going to use his words, which is a very obvious thing to say. But I think the thing with Nick Cave is that he's just embodiment of um, every time I watch him, um whether it's on YouTube or in li- live, 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 you know, it's just the way that he gives just 100% of everything that he's got to give to that performance. And it just makes me want to try harder with my own performances. And like, if you can, even though what I'm doing is like a, a kind of deadpan spoken word slash comedy thing about sleeping or talking or time. It's like if you do it with conviction, then for me, that, that that's one of the bars that I want to try to get to at some point. It's like to be – I mean, there's a video of, of Nick Cave at Glastonbury when he's doing staggerly. Oh, mate. What? I've a... seen that with the girl where oh. she gets on the shoulders. What is that? She's called like the angel in the white dress or something. He just – he's standing. I mean –
0: The way that Nick Cove presents himself on stage, whoever is responsible for lighting his shows, they light Mm. him like he's the devil. Like He's so angular and his clothes and suits are cut so well. The shadows that that, that come off of Nick Cove are amazing. Yet he can still go at three o'clock in the afternoon uh, into that crowd and stand there being held aloft, yet still look angular, sinister, just commanding and whilst literally breaking hearts while he's just singing to that girl like the one of the most fucking sinister records in his in his catalogue it's uh yeah. incredible isn't it
2: yeah man it's uh, i think i've seen him a few times and just him and warren ellis especially i think was uh just that combo is just un- unreal and like seeing seeing him and how much he gives it on the violin is uh and all those instruments, it's just uh it takes it to it's like it's gnarly as anything. And yeah. it's like people who are so into the craft and it's so creative, and it that is the side of life that I want to be in, you know, yeah. just making stuff and giving it everything and just just trying to have an effect on people and having a positive effect on people and giving some giving people somewhere to go. It's like you come to the show and then we're gonna go here and we're gonna go here and we're gonna go here, I'm gonna take you here. And it's like I feel on the streets one well, on that, I think I feel like he did that. Um and it's just I remember the first time when I started listening to Rage Against the Machine for the first time, when I'd never really listened to much um music like that. And you know, when you put something on and you don't really you haven't really had much experience of it before, but it's like, you know, you, you immersing yourself in like a new pool or something. You're like, well, I'll give it a go. See if I like it. And, um, yeah, I mean, that was, I remember went to Leeds festival and saw rage against machine in 2000. And, um, yeah, man, just all that stuff. I mean, you could talk about music. Well, we are going to talk about music, aren't we? We are talking about music.
0: (laughs) All right then. Well, you're talking about the kind of, you know, we've we've just spoke about Nick Cave and, and and Rage and things like that. So it fits nicely with, with, with track two, which is the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you.
2: Mm. Which is um, "All Together Now" by the Farm. And I'll I will be honest and say that that is the only Farm song I've. I don't know any other farm songs. You don't know Groovy Um,
0: Train?
2: Maybe I have if it was on the radio. Yeah.
0: And you're like, this is the farm. I'll say that, but I'm I'm, I'm a hell of a lot older than you, so I'll probably just presume everybody's got the same recollection. The uh, the, And,
2: yeah, I just remember, I mean, the reason I picked this is because every time it comes on, it always takes me back to a specific... Place in my parents' house, which is the living room, and I, um, you know, we had like a green carpet, and um, whenever that song comes on, I think I think about this Action Force figure that I had, a little about three inches high, and um, I was opening it, and for some reason, this song was on. I think probably it was on the radio. And this action force figure and you know when you get like a um a toy when you're a little kid and you've got all the different parts and like you put the gun in his hand for the first time and then like you start playing with it and they were always quite special moments for me because I I mean a toy was always a a treat for me I was never I I had enough toys but I I didn't have them coming out of my ears do you know what I mean and maybe maybe my parents would disagree with that but um it just felt like and this this guy had like a um yeah you know, glasses and um combat trousers and, and it was and whenever I it's such a specific memory of, of the the farm being on and I guess now when I when I hear that song it makes me think about the like maybe like the safety of that situation so of what, what, being
0: there. What's that emotion then? What would that be?
2: I guess comfort, maybe. Yeah. It, but did it make me feel comfortable at the time? I can't remember. Um, but I was trying to think of like my first musical memory, really. Um, but that that did it made me feel that? And maybe I've answered that wrong, but I feel like that 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 was that was the one. In Incidentally, I just
0: want to – was you you quite into Action Force? Yeah, yeah. Have you seen the Crowdfunder book? No, what's that? (laughs) It's so weird that you've just mentioned actual – last week my friend come around and uh, and some guy had set up a Crowdfunder to um, publish a book on every single Action Force uh, vehicle and figure <laughs> that was oh, really? available. And he bought the book and he came round with it. And uh, yeah, it was quite a good read. Just thought I'd throw that in there. Um,
2: yeah, yeah. But, so um, it, but Action Force was different to G.I. Joe, wasn't it? Sort of. I think there was like kind
0: of... I, I mean, there's probably some toy enthusiasts screaming uh, at the speakers right now. But um, mm. but yeah, I do believe there was some kind of sort of crossover at, at some point. Um I'm not going to put my neck on the line on that one, though, Rob. No. You you mentioned um, green carpets and 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 being at home and, mm. and the comfort of that. Was there was there music
2: on at home growing up? Yeah, I think my dad always um, loved, loved uh Led Zeppelin and, um, but now he's. Growing up, there the, the was music, but I think now even more because I've we've got access to the internet and things like that. My dad loves just looking at new new bands and things like that, and he's always sending yeah. me stuff and loves the Flaming Lips. And um, oh, that's a pretty cool dad. <laughs> dad dad is sending your Flaming Lips records. <laughs> well, no, it's something I got him into them to be <laughs> honest, but. um Growing up, no, there was, yeah. I mean, one of probably one of my earliest musical memories, it didn't really make me feel anything, but I remember it was when I was at my granny's house in Bridlington, near just uh, it's on the coast in Yorkshire. And um, she had a tape of uh, it can't have been the White Album, it was some sort of Beatles compilation maybe it was the blue blue best of yeah. on tape and and um he was playing obla Obla Da. and um i remember that and loving it and um but the, yeah there was mu i think there, there was there was music and it growing up i mean when we went on a holiday to One of the first holidays, we went to Menorca and I had um, Meatloaf Hits Out of Hell and we just played that in the car all the time. I remember being in a hire car in Menorca when I was about 10 or something, listening to to that. And um, another time being by the pool and I think they had... What's the story, Morning Glory? And we were playing it really loud. And, we, you know, like one of those times where you ask the uh, guy behind the bar if he can put a tape on his machine and then turn it up. And then probably the locals being like, oh, for God's sake, what's (laughs) happening? (laughs) Um, um, But it was good fun, you know. And I feel like there's always safety in music, isn't there? And I always feel that these... um, especially in times like we're going through at the moment, if you haven't listened to it for a bit and then you put something on, it's like, oh God, it's just amazing. It's the best. I always wanted, I'd love to have been a musician. I've got a guitar. I can play it well enough to please myself, but not anyone else. And um, yeah. I, I get a lot from trying to play it. And uh, But I had a dream, you know, if I ever I am in a position where, someone would be like, oh, this must be like a dream come... I don't really dream about performing, but I had a dream when I was about 11. No, I am about 15. And I was on stage with the Stereophonics at Glastonbury. (laughs) And um, it's so weird. I mean, I used to love the Stereophonics. And, um, I mean, so that will be a dream come true if I ever get to play with them. (laughs) (laughs) Not you're, going to happen. Playing guitar, yeah? Yeah, probably. I mean, I've got a long, long way to go and I don't know if they're going to get to play Glastonbury again, so I've got to get my skates off.
0: <laughs> Hello. I've interrupted the podcast again, haven't I? Sorry, it won't take a sec. All I want to say is, the songs that we're talking about in this podcast, if we can't play them, it's just because of the regulations regarding...
2: Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness.
1: Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST.
0: Playing licensed music and such. So, if you want to hear the songs, just go over to Spotify and search off the beat and track podcast and you can listen to all the songs because I've put playlists up for each of these. If you can't find it on there, I'll send links on all the social media accompanying each episode. So you've just got to press that one button and you can go through and you can enjoy all the songs that our guest picks. Anyway, I'll shut up, get back to the podcast. See you on the other side. <laughs> okay. Track three, Rob. The song reminds me of your time at school.
2: Oh yeah, right. So I mean, this is... As- I'm trying to be true to the memories here. So this song, Gomez, is the cowboy song by Gomez, which was on the EP Abandoned Shopping Trolley Hotline. And um, it's a very short song. And um, we used to have a uh, tape player in the art block where... So this was sixth form, actually. The school that I went to had a sixth form college attached to it, where it was all part of the same grounds or whatever. So... um, we had a block that we could go, we'd have other classes as well, but we had an art block where you could go and just kind of spend your lunch hour in there. We actually had somewhere to go and it was really good and there was a oh, like paint-spattered um, tape deck in there and uh, I would make compilation tapes and subject everyone else in the block to my compilations and uh, sometimes I'd stay on for a bit. And anyway, I made one compilation and I like this Gomez song so much that I put it on twice, like back to back as, as in made a compilation and recorded it once and then recorded it again. So it just plays straight. Cause it's only two minutes long. Yeah. And um, I remember one time ago was like, once is enough to just fast forward this now, please. And, um, but it's great. I love Gomez. Big fan. So, Remind me of that, that EP. Was that...
0: That, that was after the, the, the debut album, wasn't it? And yeah. is, is that the one... Did it have a Beatles cover on that? Did it
2: have yeah, Getting it Better did, on it, it? Yeah, it did have Getting Better on it, yeah. Yeah. Sung by Ben... Is it Ben Otterwell? It is, isn't yeah. it? it was, and his solo stuff's great as well. well. I mean, that... I mean, when that, that first
0: album dropped, again, like, the, like we, we touched on with The Streets, it was like nothing else sounded like this was coming out a kind of around the it would have been around brit pop time it would have been mid mid or 96 97 i think the first album yeah and and i mean when you start looking at what was the record labels were signing and putting out there was nothing else sounded like Tiruana lady i know you know what a record that is
2: yeah i know do you remember it when it came on um trigger happy tv yeah and um I, I just loved that when it came on. And um, I saw them at V99. And, oh, um, I was at that. Oh, were you? Yeah. Where at Chelmsford? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was at the Staffordshire one. And um, is it? Tell me, yeah. Uh, yeah. No. And it, it was just, I, I remember um, I had such a fit. I I'm, I'm, might come across as a bit of like a scaredy cat on this, but it was the first time. I'd, I'd never been to a gig before that. It was the first, um, and my friends were like, "Come on, let's go to V99." And it was—I've got such a specific memory of the the ticket coming through the post and me looking at the. It's quite a big ticket, yeah. really. It's about five inches by about three inches, and um, it said V99 on it. And there was this massive crowd printed on the ticket, and I had like the um, like hologram bit on it or whatever. I like the shiny bit and I would look at the crowd and I'd be like, I can't go to that. I can't go to that. It's too big. It's gonna to be too big for me. I'm not I'm not ready for it. And um I remember on the night time leading up to that, about three months, I'd be like, on the night time I'd be like, I'm not going, I'm not going, I'm not going. And then I'd go to bed and I'd be worrying about it all the time. And then I'd wake up in the morning about of course you're going, what are you worrying about last night? Like the fear really comes into me on a night time A lot. I mean, I know that happens for a lot of mm-hmm. people, but that is a very, I remember that so vividly. And, um, and, that uh, there was a picture, like very small picture of the rubbish bins. Like I was really looking at this ticket very intently. And, um, and then we went and I was like, look, I've bought a padlock for the tent. Can we put this on it? And, um, my mates were like, no, we can't. And, uh, and then, I put, yeah, it was just mental. And then I remember on the Thursday night walking up to the stage and Suede were doing a sound check. And it was the first time when at a live gig, when that, that bass, when you hear bass in a live setting, especially at a festival, mm. where it just like makes your ribcage shake. And uh, I just thought, oh God, this is going to be. And then. And then I think on the Saturday night it was uh, Stereophonics. It was Stereophonics, it was. and it was it was that. I remember they they started with um, uh, "Hurry Up and Wait" of Performance and Cocktails, and then um, we were like, "Oh, this is all right. Let's go to the front." And then we like barged our way to the front, and then they did a uh, bartender and the thief and everything just went mental. <laughs> and there was like people with nosebleeds everywhere. And I was like, Oh my God, it's just like, I thought it would be as, and the worry was just on my nights of that. And then, um, but that festival was, uh, I think that, that I remember watching Travis and um, that was the weekend that the man who album went to number one. Mm. I still listen to that. I mean, I'm not that much of a dweeb, but not to say that. I mean, I I do like it. Uh, I love that album. Driftwood, all them writings reach you. Driftwood, all that. Turn was a tune. Yeah, big time. Did you enjoy Skull, Rob? Um, yeah, I think I did. I think I mean, it's weird. I was never really, I didn't really get into trouble very much. The best thing about it for me. Was um, the art and graphics classes, and it was the first thing that I um, zoned in on, and was like, "All oh, right, I feel like I can do this." And then I did it, and I do miss. I do. I miss it. I miss the structure of it. Yeah. I feel like now I'm ready to learn and I'd love to have a science class for free just for that I'm, I feel now I feel like I'm ready to go to school I'd love to get you know get up right nine o'clock maths great let's see let's test ourselves on maths and you know we've been doing loads of these quizzes during lockdown it's like I used to really stress out about exams but just think of them as quizzes yeah right yeah, Absolutely. we got a quiz today well, I think it's the GCSE. Nah. I've got some lemonade. I'm all set. <laughs> and um, the, it was, uh, yeah, I what was I going to say? Don't no. know. What did you want Put to be, be at school? What did I want to be? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I think. It became apparent quite quickly that I was going to have to do drawing or or something like that. I, I never really had any ideas at school. Um, there was there was there was nothing like there was no wasn't particularly creative. I remember doing English, and um, one of the best grades I got was you had to write a review of the Titanic film trailer, which is mad now yeah. thinking about it like okay what we're we gonna what, like if you're an english teacher you're like i weren't expecting the word trailer on the end of that sentence <laughs> no 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 <laughs> like okay so maybe she thought okay um i'm gonna get i'm gonna get the kids to write a review of the film titanic but uh it lasts for three hours and we don't want them watching in the a film for three hours so just get them to do the trailer yeah um yeah yeah what did i want to be probably i mean it 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 made me um want to do art a level and i did art foundation and then i did a uh, degree in graphic arts and then that's where the ideas um were uh, encouraged and then i started having ideas and uh it was all about the concepts and um that's what um uh, made me start writing things down in notebooks, really, and then after that, I um thought, oh, what job wants someone who likes having ideas? And then I got into advertising. After a lot of trial and error, and sending out loads of strange books and things, to started writing short stories and sending them off to advertising agencies, saying. And then I remember one lady sent me an email back saying, why have you sent me these books of short stories? And I was like, well, can I have some work experience? Like, no, of course you can't. And, um, I, yeah. and then I, I got lucky and um, my dad knew someone who whose brother-in-law worked in advertising. And uh, then I got, work, uh, I think, a week work experience. And then they said, okay, you can you can uh, come in for another week. And then I did a month. And I think one of the things that actually swayed it, like music helped me out here because there was a CD player and in that office. And when I started after a week, I said to the creative director, can I put a CD on? And uh, he said, yeah. And I don't, I It used to be used a little bit, but then I just started putting loads of music on, I think, and uh, they were like, oh, people like having you around. And music would have helped that, I think, because it just, you know, if you put some classical music on or something when everyone's working, it can really help, can't it? Mm,
0: Totally. Track four, Rob. The first
2: song you bought from a record shop. Ah, yeah. So this is... This is, again, to be true to the answer, it's um, An Alien for Christmas by Fountains of Wayne. And uh, I just, I heard it on the radio and instead of recording it, I bought it. And it was the first one I bought. It was like, went went into York with my friends on the bus and must have got it from HMV or Woolworths or something and just, Um, loved it, loved the storytelling of it, It made me laugh, made me think about getting an alien for Christmas and owning an alien. And I I presume, I can't remember. I think it it would have made me all that stuff. I just, I I think that even then I've probably looked at life to be a challenge and the escapism of stuff like this and the surrealness. And I just loved, uh, I still love laughing and, 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 um, escaping reality. And, uh, the, the, this definitely did that for me at this time, that age. And I was looking at the, you know, I've got boxes of sing- not boxes, but I've got boxes of CDs, and this is there, and it's still in like the little uh, thin sleeve, and love it. And he passed away, didn't he, the lead singer recently? But he um,
0: did, he did. Um, I think he was one of the two. There's it two that this was shared the vocals, and he 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 was one of them. And um, the, the the first two albums by Fountains of Wayne, I think, are amazing. I think mean, it's just such a, a great band. Um, do, do, do you know how they got signed? No. So um, they, they they kind of um, popped into the, uh, the 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 public domain by. Do you remember the um, Tom Hanks film, That Thing You Do? Mm. So that band uh, yeah. that wrote all of them the songs Eve the famine's of Wayne, and so all the tracks. That were on that film were, were written by the Fountains of Wayne before they were the Fountains of Wayne, and oh uh, really? Yeah, they, they all these songs, and then like yeah, off the back of that, they got a they got a record deal and uh, and put out Radiation Vibe, and the rest was history. Brilliant. Um, for track five, mm. the song that soundtracked your years clubbing, mm. so that can be any clubbing. That can be in a you know in a dirty sweaty indie club that can be in Ibiza, that can be in london in some dance venue anything whatever your club whatever your time was partying and dancing
2: yeah so i was thinking about that actually because i thought oh is this like clubbing clubbing but the only clubbing that i've done has been indie clubbing yeah and um this was at university um i went to the University of Northumbria in Newcastle and did a graphic design degree. And um, the track is well, we always used to go to this club called Stone Love um, in Foundation that's quite near the quayside, and um, it was just fantastic. It was, and this song that is The People by the Music um, on this has got one of when this song comes on in a club it's got such a powerful intro and uh it would just be great we would request it all the time and um when I started university um there was a few of us there was like my mate Simon who lived downstairs and we knew each other from school and then he was in one flat and then I was in another flat with some people i didn't know who are still some of my best friends now and um you know we got talking on the first day and they they were like oh we've got uh tickets to see this band in it was in freshers week and the band was the music and i'd got a ticket for it before and simon had a ticket and so there was like five of us who all went in uh freshers we were to see the music and it was kind of a galvanizing of our friendship, really. I think that moment where they said, Oh yeah, we've got tickets for that. I'm like, Oh, great. Brilliant. Yeah. And I remember i I'd, I'd been working in um, Safeways over the summer doing the night shift, um, trying to earn money to uh, go to university And because it was on the night shift, I couldn't uh, spend any of the money. And I was getting like double time. And uh, this, they always had one of the ends in the supermarket had CDs on it. And uh, this CD came and it had such a colourful cover with all the circles. And I didn't really know much about them. But I knew that from the songs that had been released as singles as the album came out and, just blew me away really and um this song the the people by the music was it was just I remember one time was in the nightclub and uh we'd gone for a stage of taking magic mushrooms in our flat I've only ever done it once never do it again I never do any drugs but my friend you could buy them then and it it was um in Shieldfield, there was this shop that was selling Mexican truffles in these white like almost like medical tubs like as as you'll get vitamin tablets and we took them and I had a really really bad, dark experience but one of my other mates decided to take them again and we'd all gone out and gone um we'd gone to foundation the nightclub and um before going to foundation we'd always go to this bar called dobson's and in there you'd go in there and it was five treble vodka and cokes or lime and lemonade or orange or whatever no it's it's three treble vodka lime and lemonades for five pound (laughs) five pound that get you in trouble so yeah so you'd go there and then the night would pretty much be over but you'd still go to the club and uh anyway my mate he'd stayed at home and had his magic mushrooms and then he came to the nightclub and we were all there absolutely raging and um the the song the people by the music came on and um this guy came on magic mushrooms and we were all drunk and then the, the song came on and i like threw the i had two two drinks in my hand and just the people by the music came in and I just threw them down and smashed them on the floor. And I was talking to him and then he said that he just left after that because the contrast of him being on this straight, anyway, bad story. Sorry about that. Well, it's weird that you mentioned the music because, uh, <laughs> well, it, I mean,
0: I, if you're on mushrooms, the, the music was pretty psychedelic in places as well, wasn't it? It was a real like kind of crossover band as well. And to take it all the way back to the beginning where we said um, that um, that the streets, you know, obviously before they were a band, uh, and obviously when the streets play live now, they are a band, and Rob mm. Harvey, the singer from the streets, is he's, he's in the streets now, isn't there? Sorry, lead singer in the music now yeah. in the streets. Mm. Um, I mean, his voice, is
2: fucking off the scale good, isn't it? Uh, incredible. Do you follow him? He's on Instagram. Yeah. And he... he often sings just with his guitar sometimes does covers and and uh and it's just remarkable yeah i think that he he's i don't know i wonder if he'll ever release a solo album or anything like that or do stuff i hope so because in the way that i had a i had a live dvd of the music live with a blank canvas in leeds and there were some interviews um in between the tracks and the way that he spoke about creativity and things like that, it's like, comes from such a true place. And, um, yeah, I just, I'll I'll always love that. And when, sometimes when I go on, go on stage, uh, one of my favorite things about, um, doing gigs is that you can choose the music that, um, gets played as the audience are coming in or, or when there's an interval and you can put all your favorite songs on, and um, I'll often try. and – Well, I won't try. I will put one of the music songs on. They've got such a good song, "Rain Dance," that was um, that was a uh, B-side. I, I love "Rain Dance" by the music. That's a good one to put into Spotify.
0: Ah, uh, cracking band. I don't know why they split up. I don't know what happened there because they got they had so much media attention as well. They they just blew up that band, and it all just seemed to. Go quiet. We we and I didn't see any explanation for it anywhere.
2: No, they were massive in Japan, weren't they? Mm. And um, I saw them at Leeds Festival, and uh, I remember going. Actually, going the Stone Love thing. The thing with Stone Love is that they had it was so well marketed. They had these flyers. Flyers and says your internet connection is unstable. That's all right, isn't it? We still are good. I'm good yeah well the way stone love was marketed was it was so good because they had black and white photographs like classic black and white rock photographs and then just like the transparent like the outline of stone love and then so they were really collectible and everyone at uni used to collect these flyers and if you would you would try to seek out the people who were giving out the flyers for stone love because people would put them up on their wall and get the posters framed and I had a huge collection of of um like really good rock for, you know the one of um Stevie Wonder where he's got his glasses on and yeah. a big headphones and like all these just brilliant ones and ones of like Manny and and um and then I remember being at Leeds Festival and I had a Stone Love Flyer of Elvis and um I asked Robert Harvey to sign it and he, I I remember like they came to the um barrier after the gig, and I handed him the flyer. I was like, Oh, what do you want me to do with this? I was like, I'll just sign it. And uh, yeah, good guy though.
0: Yeah, yeah. He always comes across really, really nice. I've sort of had a few chats with him about coming on here and just can't seem to sort of get it locked down. But um, this was when he was away with the streets. So uh, yeah, I'm definitely going to r- reach out to Rob because uh, I-, I thought that the music were an incredible band. Track six, Rob. Favorite song from an artist from your home county?
2: All right. So this was uh, Fat Children by Jarvis Cocker, and of, is from Sheffield, so Yorkshire. And uh, I was going to choose something by Shed Seven, but I York, love York's this finest,
0: song. mate. York's finest.
2: Yeah, big time. <laughs> when I, I grew up in a village called Barnby Moor. And uh, it was about 12 miles outside of York. And um, they had a football team. And this guy called Ben, who was um, friends with Shed 7, um, wangled it so that Shed 7 became the shirts shirt sponsor for the nice. football team. So on the training tops, they all had Shed and then Seven. Wicked. On the back. So was, was Fibbers a, a hangout for you? Yeah, yeah. Fibbers, York, Fibbers... Um, And the Barbican, I saw Fun Living Criminals at the Barbican. That was one of my first ever um, gigs. And um, that was one at school where everyone was like, we're going to go and see Fun Living Criminals at the Barbican. And I just was like, what? Uh, Yeah, up for it. And, um, yeah, York Fibbers, it's... um, I've seen some good bands there. I can't remember any at the moment, but it's still going. And mm. I think that the thing is with York, it's like it's, it's like it's football team that it needs needs some investment in the. Uh, maybe people listening to this might be like you don't know what you're talking about with York's live music scene, and I probably don't. But from a outsider's point of view, looking in, it's like need some needs some big not big but just decent venues. You know they probably have. And I'm, I apologise for my lack of knowledge on York's music scene. but um, So was Jarvis,
0: Jarvis and Pulp, I mean, were Pulp a big band for you?
2: Yeah, pretty big. I mean, going back to the Trigger Happy thing, I remember when Babies was on that. And um, I just, yeah, I, I think Jarvis is another one like Nick Cave, really, just embodies the showmanship and creativity of it all and um i think that you know his lyrics and coming from the it's like a lot of his albums seem to be like art he's coming from the art side of things and the art art school and everything like that and um, just creating stuff having a go you hear so many stories of like pulp doing gigs in halls of four people when they were just starting off but giving it absolutely everything and then those four people going away and saying oh my god have you seen this band instead of them being annoyed that there was four people there you know Mm. and um i just love that song fat children and i feel like there's again there's humor in it and playfulness in it and uh it's just like a breath of fresh air really and there was once when was lucky. We used to do this thing called the Poetry Takeaway, where it's still going. It, there's a burger van, and uh, they stripped it out and um, put some seats in it and a writing kind of plank. And then you just they just set it up in London, like on the South Bank or outside the. Um, we did it one day, and we were outside the Tate Britain art gallery. And uh, we were there, and people will come up. People come up to the poetry takeaway and say, "What's this?" And then you say, "Oh, well, um, it's a poetry takeaway. So if you give us a, uh, a theme for a poem, or if, you, if you've got someone's birthday coming up, and you give us as much information as you can, then we'll write a, we'll write a poem for you." And um, it turned out that uh, Jarvis was at the. Take Britain when we were when we were doing it there and he came up to the van and um, someone else wrote a poem for him but I said to him oh, I've got this CD of because um, I'd recorded some of my poems or whatever that on just on a CD on garage band and I gave them to him and he was like oh, right. and then um, he played one of the tracks on his six music show
0: wow which
2: um, And then, so since then, I was like, he's a bit of a hero. It was before that, but that just kind of solidified it. And then their secret set at Glastonbury in in the park stage. Was it that weekend? Radiohead did one that time as well. And um, yeah, just incredible, really. But I love the storytelling in that song. So it's like, so I died in the back of a cab. But I'll be back to haunt them now. My spirit walks the streets of Tottenham. I just love the idea of like Jarvis's ghost walking around Tottenham yeah. and being able to put images in people's heads that aren't already there. That's what I'm all about, really, and that's what I love talking about. That and I love creating things and he the right the words that he puts together and that album we did with Chili Gonzalez with the hotel and just it's just. Just amazing. I remember being on a train after a tough gig in Glasgow, listening to that album. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just the best side of life for me. People who are making stuff. I know that pe- people like different aspects of life. Some people like gardening. Some people like making money. But for me, seeing what other people create and come up with is just yeah. dynamite. I love it. Did you see the
0: recent documentary that see, they they put it on um uh, on Amazon Prime I think or or Netflix recently and I just watched it again since you know <coughs> you know been in lockdown um the, the the story of common people it's a fucking great documentary and he goes back no, to I St haven't. Martin's college and stuff and, and oh, wow. uh, it's it's fantastic and 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 I mean, I, I've I've said it before on this podcast. I, I I don't think there's been a better pop star in the UK since Jarvis Cocker. I think he's the perfect pop star. I think he was mm. everything you should want. He's the underdog. He's the artist. He's got wit, you know. He's got charm, and I I just think he's he's. He's incredible and, and, and what he's also, is a fucking genius and writes incredible records. It's like, I, I just don't think there's been a, a more charismatic pop star since Jarvis Cocker. I really don't. And I know that makes me sound like a middle-aged man, and I am. But um yeah, tell me someone that's been a cooler frontman from the UK since Jarvis Cocker and I'll argue you. Uh, I don't think there's been one. Geezer's an absolute dude. No. <laughs> yeah. Um. Final track, Rob. A song that many may not know that you would like them to hear.
2: This is a track called Bandit by Neil Young. That's on the Greendale album. That's a concept album about the devil living in a uh, town. And it's just, um, there's a lyric in it. Someday Sunday, you'll find everything you're looking for. And uh it's just I love the detuning of the guitar and the loose strings on it. And um is the one of the first music biographies I read was uh shaky about Neil Young. And um yeah, he's just it's just I just love that that whole album is fantastic, but that was a standout track for me. On it, and um, I love how fragile his voice is, and uh, I like the idea of trying to get to be a mature age and still not have everything figured out, you know, and just be, I don't know, he probably has, but I I don't know, there's something about his voice that kind of makes me feel very... um, I like. I don't like it when people are vulnerable, but I like it when they show vulnerable sides, you know, and you feel like you really get into their what they're really about. And um, that I don't know that song seems to embody it for me. Um, yeah. Answer
0: perfectly there, Rob. Um, okay, so uh, for the for the rest of lockdown, um, what are you up to? Podcasting.
2: Yeah, podcasting. Um I've got to write all of I've got a. so I'm doing a daily podcast and it's um me reading out all the writing that I've done that I like enough to want to share with people really. And um so I'm have we've got June done and I've got to uh write, write all of uh July's and uh we've got a PS4 about a week ago. So I am currently playing a lot of Grand Theft Auto Five <laughs> and it is blowing my mind.
0: And I then, just can't
2: I cannot believe it.
0: And when we get out of lockdown, um rescheduled tour dates?
2: <laughs> or, or... Yeah, um rescheduled tour dates. I've got yeah, I mean supposedly October. I don't know if that's happening. Hope Hopefully. So. I hope so. I'm doing it with music. I, I was lucky enough to support the Lovely Eggs on a, a couple of their UK tours. Uh, I think it wasn't last year, the year before. And they're doing their latest album. I should have... Their songs, I love them as a band and their latest album is fantastic. And they're doing a big gig at... They're doing The Garage in Manchester and then Heaven in London. It'll be their biggest London show. And then I'm, I'm going to do a half-hour support slot nice. for them. And But supporting, I mean, that was a mission, supporting them. The, the good gigs were brilliant, but the, the tough gigs were really tough because I'm used to people sitting down, and they're all standing yeah. up because it's music. And, I, I mean, we did like Bristol. I love Bristol. It's probably my favourite place to gig, really. And um, we did, I think we did it at The Fleece in bristol yeah and uh yeah just just love it but it is like combat going up when people are there for music and then you're there and you're doing some
0: yeah
2: um comedy or whatever it takes it takes a bit of winning round but the i think like the wrestle of it is i love that i love the challenge of it and um it's really what i'm worried about is that uh, even talking to you today is maybe real because i used to um when we were all in when it was all guns blazing and I was like promoting the tour and stuff, you get used to being on, not used I haven't done that many podcasts, but you do, you get, your brain gets in in the right, in the right space to be able to, for you to be a coherent person. (laughs) And, um, you feel like you're in, um, you've, you, you, like you're on it and you match fit for, for talking to people and being a person. And, uh, I feel like I'm completely out of practice when, uh, and it's going to take, you know, with people driving, people are going to have to get used to driving again. And I, since I started doing gigs in two thousand and seven, I never really had more than a month, where I, maybe like a period of a Christmas, where I won't I won't do a gig, and that was when I was just starting off. Um, so weird you say
0: that, Rob. It's like because um, one of the first ever podcasts I've done, I had um, um, Brett Goldstein on as a guest, and. Mm. And and Brett had been out in America and uh, doing do, doing something film based, I think. And and he said, "Oh yeah, like, and and every evening I do stand up." And I was like, All oh, right. I said, "Like um, what, what just to kind of earn a few quid?" He went, no, "No, no, no, to 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 stay match fit." Yeah. And he said, "You know, I I have to. Otherwise, you know, I look at it like going, you know, to the gym and and you know keeping keeping on top of it and." So it's interesting that you you know that, that you've just said that because it's, it's I guess it makes sense and and, and I think the first podcast I done after maybe I didn't record anything for a, a month and I was I was doing sort of like three or four a week face to face and then you know I was recording some bits and bobs on my own sitting down my little studio but the first one I done. Uh, of this podcast like over zoom was very strange. It was like, I hadn't done anything for a month and I was so used to kind of where, you know, controlling the conversation and sort of going, right, we're going to ask this question at this point and, and, you know, and start sort of uh, had my flow and, and it was it just all was completely undone and it was like, right, okay, right. Got to start again there. And Definitely, it's good. Yeah. It's a challenge, you know, and, and... Do, you
2: know yeah. what, do you know what I mean? Yeah, a hundred percent it is. And it is, it's, uh, it's, even the thing when you're going out or, or like you're talking to your mates and you go to the pub, it's like I don't always have to think about what I'm going to talk about, but it's like the art of conversation, and um, that's a it's a thing of going like okay, and it's it's just the brain, yeah. it's, just, it's a muscle, isn't it? So if you stop if you stop using the connectors that go from your brain to where your words come out, and sure. it's like. Uh, okay, well, I I could do this one. So, so, and it's exactly the same with being on stage. That's one of the most, the best thing about Edinburgh Festival for me is that you're on stage once, twice, three times a day and it's, you know, and then you come out of it and you've got these new muscles of performance muscles, creativity, um, you're braver than when you started and you're more self-assured. And and then I've been doing that every year since 2000. Well, I did 2009, 2011, 2012, and then all the years up to now. And then that's not there this year. And I'm yeah. just like, whoa, I've got to I've somehow. But I've, I've started writing. A, I'm doing like a, getting a book together. That's what I'm doing at it. the moment. And uh, writing that. And i um, going to try and... Um, just make the most of not having to travel around. And it's funny that you said that about working smarter. When I was doing advertising, someone said to me, work smarter, don't work harder. And I always kind of thought, well, what's he mean by that? And he probably means, yeah, don't travel 15 minutes to do a unpaid set on a Tuesday night where there's four people there. Yeah, um, But even then, you know, you never know. You might... It, That was the thing I I always think, just do it. Well, and and that's
0: the the argument I have in my head because, you know, always whether it was in, you know, when I was in bands or whether I've been promoting or podcasting, it's like when you work for yourself, I guess it's really, you know, when, when a gig comes up or anything like that, it's like, I, I, you know, you see it as an opportunity, and it's like, and I think when you work for yourself, it's really hard to kind of say no to things sometimes because you just think, well, you never know what might come of that, and so th- they're the things that, like, I just find that I may have learned I could change in in this lockdown. You know, I could maybe just do that as we're doing this, just just you know, do, do a Zoom call, but you know, yeah. I, 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 but I do. Also, put I do put value on on you know sitting opposite someone and and you know being able to kind of feel what you know the, the 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 room out a little bit and 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 kind of be able to gauge people a little bit. You, do you know what I'm saying? You, you know, obviously, when you're in a room with someone, it's very different to to doing what we're doing here.
2: Yeah, hundred percent. But no, there's something. It, it, it must go back to the way that we're wired up. Yeah, because we've been in this situation for you know evolving for thousands and thousands of years for being around people and sure. the energy it's about the energy yeah you can't you know on zoom there's like in on on chat rooms it's like there's no presence yeah i, I, I don't I, that's my personal um, no i'm totally opinion agree. on it
0: totally agree it's like it's, it's tough
2: because normally i go into a room and i dominate it not <laughs> but um <laughs> It's um it's uh Are you the quiet guy think... in the
0: corner with a three pints of water just sitting nah, there chugging oil really.
2: No, I mean WhatsApp group chat so the WhatsApp group chat WhatsApp, Kate Tempest, WhatsApp group chat. Um, but she uh that is like my my anxiety is goes nuclear in WhatsApp because every time I say something, the conversation just stops and I'm like, oh god. Why did I bother? um
1: oh, but it's brilliant. you know
2: the the anxiety attached to whatsapp is you know and and i find we've been doing a lot of quizzes on zoom and stuff like that and the, the problem i have with zoom conversations is if there's more if there's like six people if one person's talking you've got to listen to them yeah and it's like if you go to a pub and one person's talking it's very rarely that five people will listen to one person yeah. it's like normally like uh, three groups of two or two groups of three. And then you can, I don't know, it's like someone holding court for that. It's like, yeah. it's difficult, isn't it? But, you know, it's a situation we're in and I don't know what's going to happen. And it's, it's so, so unpredictable. And um, I just, I, I feel like it would have been an easier situation if I was a conservative voting um, person who loved the government. And you were like, yes, great. That mm. would be so good.
0: Yeah. Hopefully a lot of them people are now scratching their heads thinking, why the fucking hell did I vote for them?
2: <laughs> Maybe, yeah. I
0: hope so. But, yeah. Rob, so where can people find out
2: about what you're up to? Um I've got a website, robotson.co.uk, um, and I've got a podcast uh, the Robots and Daily Podcast. They're only short, they range from about two, so I think the longest one's about seven or eight minutes. That is at Rob Orton, A-U-T-O-N, on Instagram and Twitter. And that's it, I'm on Twitter and all that malarkey. Well, if and, it's all right
0: for uh, you, I'll tag you in um, all the bits and pieces when we put this episode out, so people um, that might not have seen your your stuff before can go and check it out. Yeah, great. And thanks loads, mate. My pleasure. Thank you for having me. You must be good breaking time. your neck for a piss no? Yeah, I know.
2: Thanks loads, Rob. Yeah, cheers, Joe.
0: There you go. Uh, it was a right good time. It was um, the first time I've met Rob. Um, and hopefully we've, uh, we spoke afterwards about Rob coming and doing a, a top five on, on Hardcore Listening Podcast. I do with Chris Glasson, which is also on the Distraction Pieces Network. So looking forward to doing that. It'd be even better if we can um, do this face-to-face. So uh, hopefully, you know, we're seeing a glimmer of light at the end of the tunnel. This lockdown's starting to ease a little bit. So hopefully as soon as it's safe to to meet people, we can start getting back to recording podcasts um, face-to-face, which is... um, which is a much uh, a much missed thing for me um, as we, as we touched on in, in the podcast it 's nice being in a room and feeling that connection with people um, thanks uh, once more to Rob um, it was I, I absolutely thrilled to have uh, sat and chatted to him, um, being a fan of Rob for. A long while now. Um, And thanks loads to you lot for listening. Um, Have a lovely week uh, and I'll be back next week. And as as mentioned at the beginning, if um, this is your first time, then go and have a a rummage in the archives and see what you can find. Um, Other than that, there's a hundred odd episodes over on Patreon that you can go and listen to. Um, Yeah, all of it is at com. I'll see you next time. Stay safe. Bye-bye. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I've butted in yet again. I just want to quickly tell you about this magazine. It's called Pod Bible. Now, Pod Bible is the new essential guide to podcasts. It's put together alongside Spotify and ACAST, and it's a one stop shop to tell you all about the podcasts you maybe know about, but definitely about a load of the podcasts that you probably don't know about that we think you should know about. I mean, in the first edition, there's interviews with Adam Buxton, interviews with Craig Parkinson. Um, there 's features on jade adams and there 's just an abundance of information about so many exciting podcasts that are out there. Also, Spotify have given us these amazing little codes, so if you do get a print copy, you can just turn on your Spotify on your phone, scan the little code, and it just automatically opens up the podcast on your listening device. How good 's that? If you haven 't managed to get a print copy. Then just go over to www.podbiblemag.com and read it online because the digital version is all over there and it's all free. So every other month there'll be a new edition out. So go and have a look and support us on the social medias as well. Podbiblemag.com. It's off the Beat and Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. Keep me stew with him.